Hello and welcome. You are listening to Resiliency, a podcast that takes an inside look at enhancing the vitality and resilience of field workers. From experts in member care to frontline field workers, our guests will bring you their experience, their lessons learned, and always something practical you can take away and use to increase your resiliency in cross-cultural life and ministry. Co-hosts Silas West and Steve Finley are just one part of an ever-growing and strengthening net of member care in the Antioch movement. They want to see Matthew 24, 14 happen and do everything they can to help field workers have the kind of resilience that enables them to make it for the long haul. Hey everyone, welcome to Resiliency. Today we are launching one of our many episodes where we interview field workers who have lived for 10 or more years on the field and ask them to share with us their family secrets to resiliency. Today we're talking with Stephanie and Stephanie and her family have served in Southeast Asia for how long? 12 years. Okay, so that's why we asked you to be on the podcast. <laughs> that's right. And, uh, and we're going to ask you, what are your family secrets to resiliency? Yeah, I mean, there's a few of them. I think one of the most important ones that I think I was kind of born with and got instilled to me in an early age is being a lifelong learner. Mm-hmm. So I think as soon as I became a believer, the church that I grew up in was run by people who really valued learning. So we moved overseas with this idea and passion that we just don't know everything. Mm. (laughs) And so Mm. I think my life has been a quest to learn what I don't know. You mentioned that, um, that this was something you were born with. What about if you aren't born with it? Yeah, so something I remember that happened in our first term... We had a meeting overseas, um, and one of our leaders at the time, he was doing a graduate degree, and um, part of his graduate degree was uh, doing a 360 review. Hmm. He put his results of his 360 review in front of all of us. We could see everybody's responses. He showed us that it was okay to not be perfect. Mm. He showed me that it was good to always be on a path to learning. And he said, you guys in this room, you need to look to each other. I'm not the answer for you. You guys need to look to each other and help each other. I think that marked me as a person to see someone older and someone who I thought was really wise. One, going back to school to learn, but two, being so humble and sharing his vulnerabilities and weaknesses with us. And... I knew at that moment that I wanted to be like that. Hmm. That's awesome. So I I think I would share that and say, you want to be that way. Hmm. And (laughs) I don't know. If we think that we know everything, then we're... Yeah, just the humility to not be a know-it-all, but to be. Yeah. That's good. So, Stephanie, an example or two that you can think of specifically related to being, you know, cross-cultural and living... Uh, as you guys have lived these past dozen years, how being a lifelong learner was applied directly to helping you guys to be making it for this long haul already of 10 plus years? Yeah, I think another thing that I learned uh, from this leader, you know, he shared with us some of the writings of Bobby Clinton, Robert Mm -hmm. Clinton. He's a guy that used to be at Fuller. I think there's been so many times that I would have just quit had I not been exposed to his writing. 
he did research on leaders and how God develops leaders over the life cycle Mm. and kind of distilled it down to a basic timeline and what different leaders hit at different periods in their life and how they grow and things that God uses to grow them and really kind of pulled the veil back on what we were getting ourselves into. But also, uh, Bobby Clinton has a saying, he says, forewarned is forearmed. Hmm. And I think knowing that those things were coming helps me not to be afraid of them Mm -hmm. when they happen. So like conflict or isolation or discouragement or failure, it helped me to hang in there. Mm -hmm. So yeah, Bobby Clinton has, has a timeline. It's kind of a few different phases. In your younger years, like your 20s and 30s, he says it's all about trying new things and figuring out what you're not good at. Mm. And so like, I think during those years, I mean, those are the years that we started in, it was fine to do things and it was okay to be a failure at something or for something not to work out well Mm. or to try something. And like we, it was, it encouraged us to try things and it's helped us to encourage younger people to just try things. But then uh, he talks about kind of in probably late 30s, early 40s, this, this transition where when it, in the 20s and early 30s, it's all about learning how to do things right and, and get expertise mm. in things and get to be, you know, find what you're good at and then uh, get really good at it. Then things start to switch and it focuses, God focuses in on being. Mm. But some of the things he uses to help us clarify who we are and uh, just the things that he's put in us personally usually are really tough Mm -hmm. and hard. And a lot of people, including him, say that usually people don't get through that stage without outside help like counseling or spiritual direction or really close community that can help people walk walk it through. And so that's really helped me. Mm. You're such a great example for this subject, Stephanie, because... It's obvious you internalize Bobby Clinton stuff. That's so clear. It's just mm-hmm. rolling off your tongue, and you've you probably rehearsed this to several people through the years where yeah. you've said, let me just share with you some stuff yeah. I learned that helped me. You're normal. Yeah, yeah. I think you, it's what I say so much. <laughs> yeah. Why don't you just tell us a story where, if I could put it this way, had it been somebody who maybe hadn't, had, hadn't been a learner, a lifelong mm-hmm. learner, hadn't prepared herself yeah. for a wall that was coming, that wall could have taken you out and you and your kids and yeah. Nick could have been home years ago. What's a, what's a story you're thinking of? Man, I don't know if I can do it without crying. Yeah, I even but... see the tears in your eyes as I ask <laughs> uh, you. This is going to make uh, it real. Yeah, yeah no, this is, this is good because I think at one point, this is a couple years ago now, we were in a big season of transition and we didn't really know it at the time but we had a really difficult time where because of some relational stuff and things that were out of our control we ended up having to move cities and we were all alone in this place and we're like okay we don't really understand that last thing that happened Mm -hmm. uh, but we trust that you're good Mm -hmm. (laughs) and I remember hitting the wall Mm -hmm. and this place where I couldn't see the future, you know, like there, I mean, there, there were also some things that happened with our kids' health Mm -hmm. and we were, you know, reeling a little bit. And I just remember being in this, just being in our room and having 
a really, really just f- fighting it out with God of, you know, I don't, I don't see a future, you know, I don't see like meaning I'd always had vision for what was coming next. But when I it was in this specific season, I just couldn't see how God could move us forward, you know. Yeah. And I just remember being in the room and just, you know, seeing darkness and and just all of a sudden feeling like, okay, that God reached out and grabbed my hand mm-hmm. and said, I'm going to be with you through this. And that was just one of those things, I think, that season. A lot of this, you know it's coming and you can read it in a book. Mm-hmm. But until it happens, you don't know what it really is like, right. you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I think we stuck in there because of the book. But the way God revealed himself and made himself so much more real to us mm-hmm. and more tangible. And I got to know him as a father through mm-hmm. that, as a father walking me through, you know? I think that's just, that's that's part of some of those things that God does because you get stuck because either really because of two different things, you know, you, what you're doing needs to have a paradigm shift or how you see yourself or God needs to have a paradigm shift. And so God uses difficult things to kind of get you over those walls. And so I think that that's one example of mm. I was thinking it had to come from me, but then he wanted me to know that he was going to be with me in it. And even if it's black and I don't see the future and I don't know what's ahead. So I'm hearing two kinds of learning in that. One is on the front end, learning some things that help you to know what to expect. So kind of like theoretical learning. Yeah. But on the other side, it's even being the posture of being open to whatever life's experiences bring your way that, uh, that give a chance for those, the theory to play itself out in your life. Yeah. I, I, both of those are really important. If you hadn't known that these seasons of, of things were going to happen and, and that you could get through them. And that they would be good at they, the end. Yes. You know, like there's yeah. a carrot. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, I just hear that whole, if I can put it this way, man and God. Like Paul tells Timothy, study to show yourself approved to God, mm-hmm. a workman who doesn't need to be ashamed, mm-hmm. handling accurately the word of truth. That's with regard to the word of truth, his word. You also are an example of, we studied. We, we really kind of, in a sense, sat at the feet of a man who was years ahead of us in experience, in trials, in scars, in mm-hmm. failures, mm-hmm. but failing, you know, uh, not, not in being a failure, but in just having had failure. Mm-hmm. And, and you, you know, it wasn't just either or. It wasn't, oh, I'm all dependent upon man's wisdom in this. Yeah. Or uh, it wasn't, well, God's, God's just going to meet me in a dark room somewhere. Mm-hmm. You were met in a dark room by God. I would say uh, not because you had Bobby Clinton's you know, right. forerunning in front of you, but you had that in the tank, yeah. and God met you. And right. he integrated you being a learner, you preparing yourself, you mm-hmm. studying to show yourself approved. And there was, you know, there was that holy moment of God just in his love and his in his grace and just the simplicity of him saying, Stephanie, I'm, I'm with you or, or I'm here and I'll be with you. Yeah, yeah. it's powerful. Yeah. yeah, not either or, but both and. That's mm. great. Yeah. If, um, if I was a young, ambitious, very goal-oriented, achievement-oriented mm-hmm. church planter, 
uh-huh. getting ready to set off into the unknowns of overseas work. Uh-huh. What would I need to know about being a lifelong learner? Well, there's no way around it. You don't, there's no way that you know everything. Mm. <laughs> And so if you don't learn, B1. you're going to fail. B1. Like, like yeah, B1. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, you don't have an option. Like, you're if you're just now setting out, I mean, there's language, there's culture, there's Yeah, but team. I want to get it right the first time so that I, I don't have to, I there's, don't have. <laughs> there's no way. You never want to hit a wall. Silence. No, the wall <laughs> I hear is, you. the thing is, failure yeah. is the way right. that you get there. That's right. And the mm. wall is what it gets thrown in front of you when God wants something to shift. Mm. And, like, he makes you slow down so that you have to be like, okay. It makes you rethink everything because all of a sudden there's this obstacle and you're like, okay, can't go around it, you know. Mm. <laughs> can't go, you know, whatever the thing is. But, you know, like, there's there's ways to get around, but... It's almost like he wants to show you his creativity. I mean, there's all the learning that you have to do, the language, the culture, the, you know, all those things. But then there's this experiential learning with God that I'm so thankful that I was prepared for by somebody saying, okay, hey, I want you to know about this. This is really good stuff. It's going to be really important later on. Mm. And, you know, I think in processing the tough stuff, it's like, the theory helped me do the experiential well so that I could be in the place in the dark room. I would have left a long time before mm. that had mm. I not had the theoretical stuff that said, okay, <laughs> conflict is how you learn about how God sees people and how the body works. And, you know, like that's how you learn things by doing things wrong mm. and bumping up against something and then realizing, okay, that's not how it works. Okay, so pull back. Okay, I'm bumping up against this wall. Okay, it doesn't work that way. I think, you know, like, different people need different lessons. But God, though he doesn't, you know, he isn't the instigator of pain, he definitely uses it Hmm. in our fallen world to teach us. And we can, if we position ourselves as learners, to Hmm. walk through it. It's good. How have you, Stephanie, positioned yourself as a learner of God and of his character as you've as you've lived on the field right down to that thing of and Lord I want to know you and I want to know your your character yeah there's been a lot of fighting in prayer mm-hmm. I guess you know like I was thinking about this the other day when the theory doesn't match up with the experience, like the church planning theory, mm-hmm. like take it in that direction. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, so I'm supposed to find a person of peace. And then you're like looking around and you're like, okay, so the person of peace is supposed to have an oikos, but all I see around me are broken relationships. Mm. There's no healthy family for the gospel to go, or like a group of people for the gospel to go into. There's not a bed of mm-hmm. fertile soil for the seed to go into mm. and and saying god it, how is this going to happen i don't know like <laughs> mm-hmm. you know and i think there's been so many things i think that i assumed about him and his character and he's been so gracious to teach me it's been an more an openness to change I, maybe just a heart posture of okay i don't 
obviously this isn't working, so I must not be understanding something, Mm. you know? I think in doing all of this stuff for God that we do, (laughs) Mm -hmm. and being frustrated in this stuff, doing this stuff, he has been really faithful to show me where I've misunderstood him. So, like, one example is I realized, I don't know, maybe three or four years ago, that I wasn't able to come to him if I didn't have all my stuff together. Mm. I wasn't bringing my messiness to him or my pain or my uh, difficulty. I felt like I had to, you know, have things that were right to tell God or to call God to do stuff and, you know, like, but my own brokenness, I, I didn't know how to bring that because I think just growing up, you know, maybe more put together family and, you know, you don't, maybe we didn't ask for help. We didn't learn to ask for help or couldn't be imperfect, you know? Mm. And, uh, and so I just didn't know how to do that. Mm. But I remember just being at a place where there's so much going on just something finally clicked, and I, I can't really remember what it was, but I realized that I was trying to pull myself up by my bootstraps, hmm. you know, and trying to do it all by myself, and that maybe I could just lean into God like a father hmm. and say, I don't know how to do this. I can't. I, I'm so broken. I'm so hurt. I don't know how to move forward. I don't know how to church plant. I don't know how to share the gospel. I don't know what to do with these people down the road who have a broken family. I don't know, you know, and I think that took me to through a season where I would just get up in the morning and I would, for my prayer time, I would just kind of lean, you know, like lean in like onto a pillow and uh, uh, as if I were leaning into his heart Mm. and I would just listen for Mm. his heart. And that wasn't an idea that somebody gave me, but it was like something I needed. Mm-hmm. I needed to be able to lean in to a father that cared. Yes. And that cared for me, but also cared for these people that I didn't have any idea what to do. Yes. And how to, or how to reach. Mm. Beautiful. <laughs> yeah, thank you. <laughs> Though we go through D school. And yeah. And CP school. Mm-hmm. There's still a lot to learn before, spiritually, even about yeah. God and about ourselves in relationship with God that we're not going to have it going right out the door. Yeah. One of the things I'm learning is that becoming a disciple is a lifelong process. Mm. Ourselves, Mm -hmm. you know? And uh, so making disciples wouldn't take anything less. I know how to train in strategy to get kind of the basic shelf built for people so that they can kind of start to organize things right and think the right way but then integrating that with who the person is and who God's called them to be and the gifts that they've had it just takes a lifetime to bring those together not cookie cutter and so you can't you can't microwave that mm-hmm. it takes experience it takes relationships mm-hmm. and takes you know hopefully the body of Christ to help you work that out yeah. i think if i were going to say okay with this lifelong leadership stuff for or lead learning, sorry, mm-hmm. lifelong learning stuff with someone who's new to the field. I would just say, it's okay. It takes a while. It takes experimenting, you know, and it's going to take a process of God moving in your life to help you see the things that you don't see correctly. Mm. And it also takes the body around you 
and experiences with the body and relationships to help you become who you are. Mm. And so I think reach out to other people. Don't try to do it alone. Get to know, you know, people in the country that you're serving, like people who are national, Mm -hmm. you know, like uh, people in the country. Get to know people who have been there longer, even if maybe theoretically in church planning you don't agree. There's lots of people with tons of experience that you can learn from. We meet each other. Yes. So, yeah. I mean, those those people who've gone before us, I mean, when we've hit really major cultural walls and been like, we don't understand what's going on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Help us figure out what's going on in this relationship. Mm-hmm. You know, it's been those people who've been there for 20, 30 years that, again, yeah, we don't agree strategically how it should be done or the most efficient way to do things. But they were like, they were able to speak into that situation and say, okay, so culturally, when you do this, then this is kind of how it works. And, you know, I think God has really given us, really blessed us with really wonderful people who are a lot older than us in country. Don't miss out on that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> For sure. Yeah. <laughs> how, how can a leader keep from stifling that need to learn, that need to make mistakes without causing a person to either shut down or feel like I can't say this safely to my leader. Or... Yeah. Uh, yeah, we have to value fa- failure. And I think well, if you're an older leader, then you've definitely had some failures behind you. So I think it's really helpful Sometimes to share those. Sometimes it's helpful to remember. Yeah, and, yeah. remember and then also share them. Like if you're, if you're the people that are, I think, I think, again, and I could be wrong, but I think there's a lot of people who come out new and they don't want to make mistakes and they want to do it exactly right. And they put a lot of pressure on themselves to get it right the first time. But really normalizing failure, normalizing, okay, so a lot of these newer people are young and so they're trying out things. They don't know who they are. They don't know what their gifts are. They don't know what their best match is. They don't know if they're going to make it long-term on the mission field. And so a lot of people are trying it out. And um, I think normalizing failure and sharing your own would be super helpful. And not expecting them to get it right and celebrating when they try something. Because mm. I think the danger is that people get immobilized by, you know, let's face it, the goal of missions used to be, you know, I planted one church mm. and worked, you know, worked overseas for 30 years and left this church. And, and now it's like this huge, I have to have millions <laughs> of churches. And so I think sometimes the task is so big mm. that we don't know, like, what is the first step? And we, we come and we think that we understand the strategy. And, but really, all the training we've done is theoretical, mostly, usually. And so, like, integrating the strategy with who they are takes time and it takes, you know... Like a lot of false starts. Oh yeah, like a Rubik's cube. You know, you get the two whites together, and then you're like, oh, I can't get three. And then you have to redo it. Mm-hmm. You have to get the two whites. You know, like That's and then and you're redoing it. And the the same way with hmm. who you are and how it's built. It's like the strategy and like lining it all up takes lots of different tries. And each try is you're learning more about how the Rubik's cube works, but it takes a while. Yeah. It's a great analogy. 
Uh, so, Steph, you guys, you made a decision sometime back. I can't remember if it was right at the beginning of this sabbatical year that you guys are finishing or if you had already started it while you were still in Southeast Asia. But but you've chosen to get a degree, mm-hmm. another degree, mm-hmm. postgraduate degree. Yep. And there it is, lifelong learning, like you're yeah. continuing to grow and doing very intentional things to mm-hmm. expand your capacity to what? What are you yeah. what are you getting your degree for? Well, I would ask this first. Yeah. Are you expanding your capacity or narrowing your capacity? Hmm. Oh, that's a good question. <laughs> it's because he's smarter than no. I am, so he knows how to phrase that. No, no. I was <laughs> no, just thinking about no. the whole Bobby no, Clinton thing. Yeah. It's so true. I yeah. think that yeah, I mean that you're we're working towards convergence. I don't know exactly how everything's gonna converge for me, but I do know that in in this well, there's been two kind of things that God's done. I remember probably about five years ago, um, this question that could not I could not get it out of my mind of how do I share the gospel with in my country with people to where they can understand it? And it took me on this journey of <laughs> it took me down lots of rabbit holes and learning things and learning about honor and shame and learning about all these different ways and that people can understand the gospel and what the gospel actually is and um Anyway, in that, I realized there's so much that I don't know. Again, this lifelong mm-hmm. learner thing. And I was like, gosh, I really want to learn uh, better how to read the Bible, how to interpret it. But I looked, up, looked for different opportunities to do kind of a, a Bible, an advanced Bible degree. And most of them, you had to be in person when I was looking. But in the last couple of years, uh, I've been acquainted with Pillar Seminary out of Omaha, and I I have started taking the, some of their classes, and it has been really, really great um, just to continue to challenge myself on what my assumptions are about the Bible and uh, what it means and uh, what the story really is, and yeah, mm. it, it's been transformative in, an, in a new way, and a normal way. I mean, another way uh, that has been really fantastic. Well, I'm not trying to do an advertisement for Pillar Seminary. Yeah. I do love those guys, but what what I'm hearing you say about them, though, is that they've made it possible yes. to be a lifelong learner. Yes. Mm. Yeah, so all their stuff is online. So, Stephanie, if, um, if there's one key takeaway for somebody listening that could help them to be a, more of a, a lifelong learner... If you didn't he- take away anything from what I've said, this is this is it right here. Um, there's only so much you can learn in a classroom, and the rest has to be experiential. And when you graduate from really high school, college for some people, but nobody else is taking responsibility for you, hmm. and and in your development and. So being open to God and what God has is really a key to seeing what we want to see happen. Wow. So we kind of have to take ownership. We have to own our our learning. Yeah. No one's going to learn for us. No. (laughs) No. Wow. And there's only, yeah, we have to learn it ourselves. No one can 
learn vicariously for us and just like people are wise. I love to hear wise counsel, but really we have to learn it for ourselves for it to be our thing. Thanks, Steph. We're just going to, we always want to ask the person who we feel like has either you can call it experience or expertise just to, just to pray a prayer of, you know, blessing on our listeners. So can you do that for us right now as we close? Yeah. Father, we know that you, you care for each of us individually and you care for our development and you care for our learning and you care for the people that we're trying to reach much more than we ever could that you want them in your family so God I entrust myself again to you that to be a vessel to be used and I pray for the people who are listening that they that they would be able to learn from you the one who's gentle and humble at heart Thank you, Father, that you're so good and that you have good things, even in the pain, that you make all things beautiful. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Stephanie, thanks again. You're welcome. Well, friends, that's it for this week's episode. You've been listening to Resiliency. This episode has been produced by me, Silas West, with help from my co-host, Steve Finley. We are so grateful for the generosity of our guests for coming on the podcast today. Thank you so much. We couldn't do it without you. We also want to give a big shout out to the band Honest Men, who wrote and performed the music in our intro and outro. Special thanks for the voice talent of Sarah Neely, who introduced us at the beginning of the episode. If you liked what you heard, encourage your friends to subscribe and tune in in two weeks from now for the next episode of Resiliency. Resiliency.